Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder. I'm Alex Argo. And I'm Alex Robinson. This is episode 128. So guys, we got uh, a fun time coming up this week. Uh, this will be a late night for... Well, when this episode hits most of our listeners' ears, they'll be up kind of late. Are you all ready for the iPhone 10? Uh, ready-ish. Uh, our updates are all ready to go. Uh, but right before we recorded, got a rejection for Apple. Uh, luckily it was just a, a metadata rejection. But all I said was for the updates, iPhone 10 compatibility. And apparently that's not, you're not allowed to reference pre-release, uh, or software. Oh, that makes sense. That makes some sense in a, in that I thought you were saying that it was going to be like, oh, we mentioned iPhone 10 and they're, they're being sensitive about the notch or something. But, so it's, well, yeah, I see. I thought we were supposed to embrace the notch. So I figured mentioning iPhone 10 would do that. And I was mistaken, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> but I, I feel like other times they've, they've been fine with references like iOS I feel like 10 and 11 when people were putting out their iOS 11 updates before iOS 11 hit. Yeah. Don't, I feel like they well, didn't have a problem with people mentioning the OS like compatibility updates. And it's, it's not like there's a beta SDK that I'm submitting with. I'm building with the iOS 11 SDK. So I'm not quite sure what the big deal is, but I guess I'm just going to have to, do the good old like bug fixes and performance enhancements. I believe you know that during the beta period, whenever somebody would put out an update that would fix something for that beta, they weren't allowed to say, "Oh yeah, this is for X Y Z new version of iOS coming out." But once, once like this uh, year during that beta, well, anytime, right? Like say like iOS seven, if you had a crash, they, which was I felt like common. they used to be pretty strict about that stuff. In the past couple of years, I felt like they were like, oh, well, yeah, there's a public beta. People know what this is. We've announced this stuff. So if you need yeah. to, I, I thought they had gotten more lenient on that. But I, I guess they are not going to be lenient in this case. Um, I don't know. Am, am I crazy for thinking that they've gotten a little more lenient? You could have just got a, a new reviewer who is going by the book. The other ones that are more seasoned were like, would let it go. Yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, there's a whole bunch of worse stuff and harder to fix stuff to be rejected for that other developers are dealing with now. So like I yeah. said, I, I have a, I have an easy solution. I, right. In fact, I, I may just go resubmit it right now, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was just a uh, like, all right, we're, we're ready to go. We got our iPhone 10 update. And then you, right before we start recorded, you have a message in the Apple Resolution Center, and that's never a good email to get. Nope. I got called out on a metadata issue for an app I just released, but it was a it was a quick fix. Yeah, metadata ones usually are. There's, I'm I'm still surprised that they're letting us get away with our our uh, subtitle that we currently have. But <laughs> I'm not complaining. We haven't changed it, so I think once you get it through, they don't they don't, they don't. check. So. <laughs> You can tell when you like when you go in and change stuff now. I don't know if you guys have noted this, but uh, if you change metadata, it'll like when you hit submit, it'll like show a highlight of the things that have changed. So I'm guessing they only look at the change stuff. 
That would make it faster for them to review. Yeah. I'll take it. Keep it. Yeah. <laughs> so you both had busy weekends. Uh, Sam, what, did, what was it that you were doing this weekend? Oh, it was a marathon coding week. It's a, It was the annual uh, Southwest Ohio Give Camp, which Give Camp is a national organization. I believe they all do it on in October, but different areas will do their give camps on different days. But the, the national weekend is, was this past weekend and it's, it's a blast. It's fun. It's a lot of hard work every year. I think, man, how am I going to do this again next year? This is rough. Uh, but we, we pulled it together. Uh, Argo, you and me and a, a few other people, we, both we all created two apps for one for Android, one for iOS. And I do want to point out that there's another guy also named Alex on our team doing iOS, and Sam defaulted to calling me Argo there too. Yes, <laughs> I think that's the rule, right? When there's two Apparently. Alexes, you become the Argo. I guess that's how it works. This <laughs> <laughs> is easier that way, but yeah. Um, we uh, put together two apps. It was the same app, just for both platforms. In GiveCamp, you don't always get to choose your platform or choose the, the work you're going to be doing. Uh, and in my case, I had to switch over to Android. Not that it was a terrible thing, but we needed some resources on that side. And so I was doing Android all weekend, which I think, for me, just kind of increases the, the exhaustion because it's something that... I'm somewhat familiar with, but still have to Android muddle through a lot. Android can be pretty exhausting. It's <laughs> <laughs> the show, show title right there. Yeah, it's it's a well. One, I got to work with a very talented individual who's a basically a, a machine when it comes to Android programming, and uh, I think I leveled up my game this weekend. So that I got something out of it besides the the good work we did. Yeah, yeah I mean. GiveCamp is always a win-win-win, I feel like. You, you're you doing something for charity, which almost always is. You you feel good just having having done that. And you're normally really productive because of those motivations. It's not like you come in uh, for a work. If we were given like the same requirements for an app, uh, I mean, that app could have taken a couple weeks or something. <laughs> At least but a week, some, yeah. Yeah, but somehow you like... You in the just over like 48 hours, you basically just power power through and like make a shipping app. A lot of a shippable app. Aggressive cutting of scope, I assume. It's not so much cutting. Uh, at least we don't have to, typically we don't have to cut uh, going in or up front. Oh, I've had to. I've, I've had to. When you're so Sam was the team lead this year. I'm not sure. Uh, what his conversations prior to the uh, nonprofits coming over was, but uh, normally when you talk to these nonprofits, you you kind of guide them and try to figure out their scope, maybe give them some get some priorities from them on like what nice to have things would be versus super necessary things. Yeah, I wanted to say it's more usually the scope is pretty well nailed down before the the weekend starts. Yeah, and there's so basically all these nonprofits submit an application uh, as well, and, and I think the the people who evaluate the applications are looking for ideas that are 
completable within a weekend. So there's a couple different layers of kind of like gut checks that these projects go through before they just kind of get thrown to the wolves. So what was the nonprofit that that you guys helped out? This one is a, a violence prevention coalition. And so our particular uh, charity was dealt with uh, violence in schools. This was an app that is kind of a companion app to a seminar that they, they do in schools. And the one th- thing that was nice is that, you know, a lot of kids use cell phones these days. They, when they get paper, if it's not a paper they don't care about, or if it's, yeah, if it's a paper they don't care about, it pretty much goes into the trash can or just gets stuffed into their backpack for the next six to nine months. In this case, we created an app and it'll actually actively remind them things that they should be doing and hopefully, I guess, making an impact. Yeah, this was a, so basically the, they come in and do like an anti-bullying seminar, maybe some related to some other things too. And at the, at the end, they're encouraged to like create a, a set of like goals for them to do to try and, you know, be nicer to other students and not bully them. Like, you know, things like don't judge people by how they look or smile at at someone be high or be nice to someone you don't know, or who's like sitting alone or something like that. Um, And so, yeah, you can choose what things you want to work on, add your own and like get a reminder for it. And then they can, they can send out push notifications with like challenges for people to do. Yeah. It's a, it was, it was a good, simple little app. Uh, and hopefully, you know, they go out to all these schools and do it. Hopefully it'll actually stick with the kids. If they're, they're like, Oh, I can download an app. That's something that's fun versus like, okay, we want you to fill out the sheet of paper and reference it every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come back to it next week. What? <laughs> we're at a, we're at a school assembly and they are telling us that we can get out our cell phones. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds great. I always disappointed when I don't get to join you guys. Uh, usually, end up having the work the same weekend. But uh, I think if any of our listeners out there are looking to get experience or um, network with other people in the industry, you know, keep an eye out for this event next year. It's like you said, it's a win for everybody. We need to fix this. You having to work on the weekend thing, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. I'm working on it. <laughs> Sam's going to help me out. Yeah, the one thing I would say, though, is that it's not a good weekend to come and learn a new skill. So we've had people try to do that in the past, and they end up just kind of slowing down the other people that are on the project. But it's also not just developers. So they're they're looking for people with other skill sets as well. For you know, whether it's project management, design. Um, database, whatever, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's experience working with something like, uh, AWS, WordPress. Um, I was going to say, if you, if you're looking to learn WordPress, it's probably, <laughs> that's not a bad skill to, to try. Um, a lot of the projects are kind of WordPress site refreshes or something like that. And those tend to work well because WordPress has like a, big community of plugins and stuff that can get you pretty far. Yeah. A lot of times these, these charities, they need a, just a, a nice refresh of their website or they don't have a website or something that they, yeah. they, somebody created something for them a long time ago and they, they don't know HTML. So they have a hard time maintaining it themselves. 
and just dropping in a good CMS, uh, giving fire to a caveman. They, they, they're just overjoyed at, at how, how they're going to actually be able to do this stuff for themselves now. So, Alex, you came into this weekend after having just been to a conference, right? So, yeah, I am, I am triply exhausted at this point. <laughs> but yeah, before, before I spent 48 hours straight coding, I, uh, was at a conference where I didn't do any coding for, for like three days or so. So I was at a, the release notes conference in, it was in Chicago this year. So, uh, different, different place than, uh, in previous years. The first two were in Indianapolis and, Release Notes has always been a good conference uh, for me to go to. It's kind of a business-focused uh, iOS development conference um, from the folks who do the Release Notes podcast, and there's lots of of good business uh, tips and, and stuff like that in the in the talks for you know either indie developers or like people doing consulting businesses and stuff like that. Probably like a half and half mix with that kind of stuff, but. It's a, it's a good conference. I always enjoy it. Yeah, I went uh, with you and, and a few other folks for the very first one, and, and I would definitely say that was probably one of the better conferences I've been to in terms of community engagement, and just everybody was very positive and outgoing in terms of you know, being open to meeting new people, and you know there are a lot of people who, who I've heard on podcasts or follow them on Twitter or, or whatever, so it you know, everybody was fairly humble and the organizers did a great job of creating kind of organic networking and encouraging people to connect uh, with different groups throughout the weekend. Yeah, I would say normally like conferences, e even if it's a technical conference, almost, I feel like you shouldn't necessarily go to a conference just for the talks because you can, you know, find some video on the Internet and and watch the talk to get the content or look up documentation or whatever. But Charles and Joe do a great job of uh, kind of planning out kind of a theme and having like talks that lead into the next talk. And they do a really good job of getting people to uh, talk to each other. They leave like just the right amount of time in between. They encourage you to get up and move around uh, talking to different people. And they've they've got like events in the evening and stuff where they get you to network with with other people, which. I don't know about you guys, but it can be hard to, to get up and talk to random people that you've never met before. Uh, you know, people people in our vocation don't always have the don't always like to be social butterflies all the time. And so it's like my two or three days a year where I kind of force myself to you know really go and talk to other people and, and met a lot of good people, a lot of people working on similar stuff to you that. You can help each other and stuff like that, and or just get to know people in the community. Um, yeah, it's it's a good time. Was there any one particular topic that really stood out to you? One topic. Um, I mean, a lot of the talks were what I call just like your typical release notes inspirational talk, where they you know tell you some personal stories, uh, stuff like that. So I guess the first the first keynote uh, of of the of the thing was from a guy named Ernesto Moreno. Um, and he's not really in the iOS development community. He's actually like in the restaurant business, essentially. He's, he's built a, he built a career as a business consultant and he had 
some really great stories about, you know, people building businesses. And his his example was, you know, he started out when he was a, a little boy, picked some tomatoes from a field and would like go around selling the tomatoes to people. And he, you know, used his like little boy charm or whatever to convince all the people to, to buy the tomatoes. And then he talked about a whole bunch of other stuff in this talk. And at the end of his talk, he was like, I, you know, I don't actually even like tomatoes. So it was just kind <laughs> of a <laughs> a funny kind of arc, arch in the in his talk. But uh, the, the gist of it was like, you know, you can have a you can have the best tomatoes or you can have just OK tomatoes. Normally, you know, really bad tomatoes aren't the best thing to sell. Although if you have enough, you know, boyish charm, you can. So it was kind of a just reminded you of the point of, you know, we, we're as developers, we tend to take that if you build it, they will come mindset. It's all about all the awesome features that we pack into our products. And a lot of times that stuff is good and it's helpful and, and can be the game changers. But we tend to underestimate and even kind of despise doing the marketing piece. I don't know about you guys, if you're the same way, but I, we're we're kind of a cynical bunch of people. So it's good to get that occasional reminder that, oh, yeah, it's it's not all about what you build. There's a reason why every successful company in the world spends large amounts of money on marketing. I mean, you look at all the money Apple spends on on marketing and they have good products, too. But I think marketing is it's kind of one of their strong points as well. Oh, they have they have some of the best ads, right? Yeah. Every one of those keynotes where they're opening up with some big story or kind of epic ad. Well, and their marketing has been a big part of the even the community. I mean, going back to their like Super Bowl ad from 1984, I mean. Yeah. And yeah, oftentimes they Apple doesn't have the best product, but they have a lot of mind share and something that's good enough and then they get people interested. You talking about the keyboards on the Touch Bar Pros? <laughs> <laughs> Those keyboards take I a can't. lot to get used to, and I still make a lot of mistyping errors. Well, the common complaint is, I guess they're they're prone to getting a little bit of dust under them, and and then you have to take them into Apple to have the key replaced if you can't like blow it out with with canned air very carefully. Yeah, I don't know if it's the new one, but you know, I think. If you have to replace a key, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like four hundred dollars. Well, I know that if you have to replace the keyboard, the touch bar goes with it, and that's um, I think significantly more than four hundred dollars. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. But yeah, it sounds like the switches they use are not the best, um, the most reliable compared to our old. I really like the old keyboards, but I'm I'm holding off for the the new Mac Pro until I get a a new Mac, so I won't be seeing any of those new fancy keyboards. Okay, so I looked it up. It's 475 to replace a key on a MacBook Air. <laughs> MacBook Air? Yeah, so that's... Like, almost... they don't make those anymore. Wow. Are you talking about, like, the the, the MacBook? Like, the new MacBook? Well, I think it's the, the same. I think it's the same for all of them. Um, but just, like, that's half the price of a, of a MacBook Air. Yeah. How many external keyboards could you buy for that price, too? That's probably another conversation for another day. Yeah. Yeah. And so hopefully everybody has good luck with their pre-orders. Uh, those that, that are ready and willing to, to put down the, 
the thousand plus dollars. I think I'm going to give it a try, but uh, I won't be too disappointed if I don't get it. All right. So uh, let's, uh, let's all go get some rest here. Uh, you want to tell us where we can find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at AJ Robinson on Twitter. I'm at Alex Argo. And I'm at Sam Quarter. The podcast is at Shared Inst. And if you want to talk to us, you can hit us up on Slack at chat.sharedinstance.com.